is your shirt one of your pieces? Yeah, actually. So this is a shirt from my college ceramic studio. And oh my uh, I served that studio for a long time. But yeah, I ran the studio for five years. And then me and one of my co-managers made this like giant buddy. And it's still up actually. And he's like the kiln god of that studio. This is The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We are your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. This week on The Mud Peddlers, we have a very special guest. We have Evie of Mud Monster Clayworks, who is a fantastic artist and also a fellow UCSC banana slug. Go so. Banana. Uh, yes <laughs> we slime <laughs> dante's just looking at us like <laughs> no please go ahead no it's <laughs> i'm here for it well evie why don't you uh maybe start out tell us you know tell us who you are and uh how do you describe your work give us give us the elevator speech <laughs> okay my name is evie uh, i run mud monster clayworks my work is like cute and weird so i, I got got a penchant for like uh really weird little guys i guess (laughs) i love that well yeah it's like your bio on instagram is like all my friends are clay or something like that and i'm like that is what it is (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely feel like your uh your critters invite spirits to come live in them because they just have they have so much personality (laughs) i appreciate that how uh how did you get into clay because we were we were we were just talking before we officially started the episode about your fantastic shirt which says uh merrill college because again at uc santa cruz there's this uh pottery co-op so i took ceramics in high school i think like a lot of us start that way just mm-hmm. like the door um because it was like the coolest elective obviously um it. and it was taught by this like curmudgeon old man who, <laughs> honestly like really fucking cool he was like um half native half french and like he spoke like five different languages including oh like Choctaw and like actual old english because he used to be an english teacher we had two oh teachers God. at our high school who spoke old english um him and then <sighs> one of the english teachers which is like crazy that is crazy <laughs> yeah it's real english yeah but it was he was like cool i guess <laughs> i don't think he liked me very much but that's okay <laughs> so I, got, I got bit by the bug you know and then um i, I was like for, for a while like the only thing i was looking forward to going to school was like going to ceramics and mm-hmm. i had like the lunch period ceramics so i could like i had like a 30 extra minutes to to do play work and it was awesome and then so i actually met somebody at in that in my high school class his name was john and he wasn't actually like in my period but he like came in to do some extra work and so, like, you know, I friended him on Facebook. And then I, when I posted two years later that I was going to UCSE, he messaged me out of the blue and was like, hey, like, are you just still doing ceramics? Because I remember you were really good. I wasn't, but he was being very nice. <laughs> he was like, I, you know, I'm part of this co-op on campus at Merrill. And, you know, I'd love to have you in the studio. Like, you should come through. You should join. And I was oh, like, yeah, yeah I can do it. So I, I joined. I ended up being sorted into Merrill just, I think, by, like, divine intervention because it was not on my list of, like, preferred colleges i don't know oh, if you really go into too much about how ucsc works but there's like 10 residential colleges you pick which one you want to live in you've like a five you top five and then they sort you in based on preference and stuff i yeah did not get into any of my top five but i know oh my god uh, which is where the co-op was and so i joined and because i lived so close i was constantly there all the fucking time like you couldn't <sighs> you couldn't get me away from there and so i was there <laughs> so the managers were like hey you should start doing stuff like you know 
start doing chores for us, like, you know, load the kiln, learn this, this stuff, that stuff, and then kind of fell into running it. And then I was running it for like five years. And then I, I did grad school at UCSC, not in ceramics, but just mm -hmm. kind of just to be there longer because I wasn't ready for the real world yet. Great. <laughs> uh, I, I left, but I was not ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then so I was, you know, I stayed there and I did the co-op until COVID actually like booted us all out of the studio. Oh, damn. Oh, so that was recent. Yeah, yeah. I graduated. Uh, I finished my master's like 2020. I took an extra quarter because of the pandemic. Um, mm -hmm. But it was like my last year of grad school like, when that happened. Yeah. I, I forget because you you got your undergrad in in, in studio art, right? Or yep. was it digital yeah. design? It is uh, in video game design. Oh. Yeah. My grad program is an extension of that. I had my MFA in digital arts and new media doing game stuff. And that's actually what I'm doing for work now is I, I work in a mobile game company. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. It's like Lord, a weird thing. Most that. people are like, I didn't know you could major in that. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't really either until I got here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember actually, because I, since I got my you know degree in, in studio art, when I found out that there was like a class where you could combine the, uh, it was like the video game department and the art department like co-opt to like help build a video game. And like, we would provide the art. I felt so bad because like, I did not know digital art well enough to effectively help this team, but I remember that being like just so cool. But yeah, no, it's true. Like so many people don't like think that that can be a career. I feel like I feel like I'm I'm asking like a lot of questions and 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 like just geeking out. So Dante, do you have any do you have any like, questions before I it, before I keep it going? It technically is an interview, Lindsay. Please don't feel bad for going into interview <laughs> mode. <laughs> okay. Okay. So since since you brought up, you know, like what you what you do for your full time job and you also have this really incredible following on on social media, like how have you how have you balanced the like growing your ceramics business and maintaining your like your your full time job? Because if I remember at some points you were kind of thinking about maybe going full time into the arts. And so, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of a lot of folks who are doing ceramics and who have this bug are like. Oh, I want to do this, you know, full time, but you know, there's, again, there's so many different like ways to navigate that. Yeah. So uh, what has it been like, you know, kind of growing your business alongside working in the video game industry? Admittedly, I'm bad at it. And I, <laughs> I've been out of ceramics for a little bit by saying that I've been out of it for a little bit. And that definitely like, I kind of jumped out of it when I decided to go into industry and look for a job. I, I think the graduating from grad school and like the pandemic really afforded me time to like do the business thing like the, the ceramics thing full-time and I was doing mm -hmm. that for like a year or two but then you know my health insurance ran out so I had to go uh, back yeah. and, and get that and um, I think there was also just like this push from from my parents to like use this degree they've paid for to like, oh, you know, go yeah. but the ceramics thing is something that I would like to get back into it's not something that I want to like that i want to have abandoned you know and yeah so yeah yeah that is like something that I'm also figuring out of like how am I going to balance this whole like having this whole business on the side of like doing my work stuff yeah and how to, how to make it something that I don't feel like burnt out on because that was that was a big thing with like I'm sure you guys can relate like doing your passion for for work for and selling work to make money and not sell, mm -hmm. like making work to, to enjoy yeah. yourself it's this whole thing right um and that was definitely part of why I got out of it was I, I kind of fell into this cycle of, I think, just making work that I knew would make money and then like mm -hmm. feeling like I could only make things that I knew would sell because 
you know, the worst thing is like having a shop update and nothing sells. You know? Oh yeah. God, yeah. Tell us your motivation real quick. Yeah, and you're you then you get all these questions of like, am I good enough to do this? Like, is it me? Is it the art? Like, am I not posting enough? Is it the algorithm? Or am I not making stuff that's interesting? Like, are people tired of me? You know? And I I, I got to this point where like the stuff that had been selling out like constantly was just not selling anymore, and I was I didn't know what to do, right? And and so I decided to take a break from it. And also, um, I've been working in a home studio. And it's like not ideal. Oh. <laughs> it's not ideal for nah. It's like definitely fine for small scale work, but my kiln is like the the scut. It's like the KM one three or something like the doll kiln, yeah. the little one. Oh yeah. yeah I have one over here, and it's like a jewelry box essentially. Yeah. I love her. I love her, but like <sighs> she, you know, she worked real hard for me. Maybe too hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. I had to replace the elements on it for like the third time in a year and I was like this is too much I can't I can't oh my god because you know when you're constantly firing like you know and I can only fit six mugs seven mugs in a oh yeah you know so like I'm constantly running firings and burning that shit out oh god yeah I uh I had to replace the elements on my uh scut 818 and I, I didn't realize how bad they were. Um, <laughs> oh, it's not, you don't realize how bad they are until you pull them out. And you're like, oh, no. I, and I didn't even do it myself. Like, I actually hired someone from the ceramic studio, uh, the, the ceramic supply company that I source from. Because I was like, I really don't want to fuck up my kiln. Like, this, I bought my yeah. kiln new. Like, I don't want to screw this up. And thank God I did because I would have fucked up my kiln. When you see um, them do it, you're like, I could not have done that. Yeah, no, no, no. Not with how messed up mine my coils were but anyway that's that's beside the point like what i find also like amazing is that you were able to build your business while also doing grad school like let's not let's not just like cruise past the fact that you were getting your master's degree while also building this like business like that's that's a lot i was not the best student Like something's gotta give, right? Yeah, something's gotta give. Uh, I was definitely like manager of the pottery studio before I was a grad student, and maybe yeah. that wasn't the best use of my time in grad school. But <laughs> well, you got a job in the video game industry, and those yeah. are uh, those are coveted for those. Are for those yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish I could work for Ray Shadow Legends. <laughs> oh my god dante don't even mention i wouldn't mind working for rage shadow legends so and we're gonna segue into our sponsor for this week Ray shadow oh yeah 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know it's so funny cody one time was literally like because we, we were talking about sponsorships and stuff and he was basically like Lindsay, even if raid shadow legends approaches you so, say yeah, no you, you will lose no. your credibility if you yep. accept raid shadow legends so oh my god but yeah i think um yeah, like I think we can all really relate to that sense of kind of feeling shoehorned or like into into the specific like money making arena, and it's like it's tricky tricky because like so I do, I do ceramics full time. Dante also has a full time job in addition to doing ceramics, so it's like we both kind of approached it differently, but it's like it is really hard because especially when there's not that other kind of safety blanket of like knowing what your other income is going to be. Yeah, it's hard. And there's always this like, at least speaking for myself, there's always this fear of like, oh, are people like tired of me yet? You know, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, there's also an aesthetic of like the things that I like to make versus the things that I know are going to sell are completely different. Oh my and God. Yeah. They're super different. Like I don't, I don't want to make cups with images on them anymore, guys. Like I don't care how well it sells <laughs> on Etsy. 
and I want to make big old like Grecian amphora vases and like Korean moon jars. And mm. I want to make like super simplistic raw work that has a beautiful clay. Like I want to make new glazes and people are like, no, I want a couple of doggies on it. <laughs> I'll buy it for $40. So many times I feel like I've like made something. I'm like, this is it. This is my magnum opus. And I post yeah. it, it's just like 300 likes. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Then you post. Then you post like a mug with a face on it, and it's like 10k likes. And I'm like, okay, if that's yeah. what the people want, you know, like. Lindsay oh, and I were talking about that before we started. Actually, it, it's super, it's super frustrating because it's not like I don't really feel bad for uh, people who are pigeonholed that jump into the pigeonhole actively, but in the ceramic art world specifically, and I imagine other sectors of the art world, there's a type of person who usually are not indoctrinated into the art world, who go, this is what we like. And they're not, mm. not to say they're not artists, but they're not the sector of artists that you're in. So they go, we want blue, we want face, we want smiley, we want a cup that says believe on it, just says believe on it in blue, you know? Super, super innocuous. But as, as the artists, we're like, yeah, culturally we're not, we're not usually into that aesthetic, usually, I'll say. Yeah, it essentially pigeonholes us for us, regardless mm. of wanting to jump into that aesthetic of of cute ceramics yeah. that like it, it's definitely not my aesthetic but i've de i've learned like if i want my stuff to sell i'm gonna have to put a symbol on it that gouges <laughs> your nostalgia with the color blue i'm gonna have to or else you oh. won't buy it yeah oh god yeah and yeah. i don't want to go into that pigeonhole but like also i I don't eat glaze. I, I eat groceries and I eat for them. <laughs> oh my god, if there was a ceramics golem or like a uh, like a warforged, like a clay warf oh like um oh my god a glaze like, golem. Like a glaze golem, yeah. Then that would be our that would be our food is glaze. But I'd be yeah. set from Evito forever. They would send oh, me yeah. a pack. Yeah, that'd be tight. Oh, yeah, yeah, you'd be good. You'd be great. Well, Evie, you from what I remember seeing, like you really made an active push it seems like when you kind of recognized what you know kind of like the the pinhole that you were not pinhole what's the word i'm the shoehorning baby shoe there's so many metaphors for this place of being stuck in a certain the pigeonhole, the pinhole pinhole pigeonhole you know the shoe hole. there's a lot yeah. of them <laughs> indeed indeed but anyway you made like a, a push to make a lot more sculptural work from what I remember seeing. Yeah. What was that like when you started spending more time working on sculptural pieces? Like, were you also making mugs and such to sell? Or were you kind of saying, no, I'm not going to do any more mugs right now. I'm just going to focus on sculpture. Because if I remember as well, you also had a show in Companion Gallery, I think. But I can't remember if that was for mugs or if that was for your sculptures. I think I, it was mugs for Companion. Okay. And then I also did, I did another gallery for any of them. Charlie Cummings. Uh, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Th those actually happened like a little bit separate from each other. So they weren't happening concurrently, which was, thank God, because I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done like two shows at a time, but I feel like it's so much. Like No, I've, no. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of don't seek out shows. I barely do shows either because, yeah, they're, yeah. yeah. I get more exposure I on the internet than I do shows, sadly. Yeah, I yeah. want to do shows. Like, I feel like that's what's fun to me is to like. It feels good to feel mm -hmm. like somebody wanted me to to show. And like the like pompous part of me, I think, is like, oh yeah, I'm in a gallery. That like yeah, I need something. You know, I made it. You know. No, I mean for for sure there is that sense that it's like, oh yeah, like success means being in a gallery because I think especially yeah. in the arts, that's like that's the kind of social clout that we're 
kind of exactly. groomed to see as success but, as well you know yeah. it's like do my do my instagram follower count mean does that mean anything or you know does it like a gallery cooler right like yeah, yeah. speak to like somebody 20 years my senior who's like not on instagram if, if i'm like yeah i have 70,000 instagram followers they're like oh okay and if i'm like i've been in three galleries they'd be like what you're good at this oh, yeah like, <laughs> yeah um, oh god yeah but as, People... as far as your original question goes um i think at that point i had decided i was jumping out of doing the like content loop for instagram i was kind mm -hmm. of done with, like i was done with my shop update for for now you know and i was just going to focus on like doing the work for these shows and like putting the time into it especially with sculpture mm -hmm. work i like it you know you, you don't want to rush sculpture work but also i i'm so bad i'm so bad at like taking the time and like i'm gonna just spend a week on this one project like fuck catch me done in three days like i can't like <laughs> i'm like, jealous i wish i could get through my sculptures that fast but god lord yeah I, I want to to do more of that stuff i think um it, it feels less like i'm doing it to satisfy like the instagram thing and more like i'm doing it because it's fun um but yeah. it's also this kind of stuff that doesn't sell as well yeah when, mm -hmm. when you're spending like weeks on a sculpture that's going for like several hopefully like several hundred if not thousands of dollars right yeah yeah like, then who's gonna pay for it how are you gonna ship it like i yeah. one of the pieces that i shipped to charlie cummings like just didn't make it it you know broke on the way i got yeah. it back and it's hopefully gonna be repaired and listed for someone to purchase and yeah you know, like, have you ever heard of kintsugi oh my god <laughs> the thing where it's like beautiful because it's been broken i actually don't mean to like shit on it that bad because it is actually legitimately a very cool and very like storied and historic practice no, it's, it's um, fantastic it's just been like appropriated by facebook aunties <laughs> oh you know gosh. it's just been like it's yeah and like every single post i get from from someone of a certain archetype is just like Oh my God, Kintsugi! It means even though something's old and broken, that it's still useful. And I'm like, I get it. You're projecting. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I, I will admit, like, if I'm gonna mend something, I'm gonna do it with my my two part epoxy and my gold powder. You know, but like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I do. I do it with gold and gold luster, essentially. Oh, that's the gold fair. luster usually fuses it together if it's a small enough crack. That's fair. Yeah, I cannot be bothered to to put things through luster firings sometimes <laughs> oh god i have still never done one i had a dream last night that i did one which is actually kind of bizarre you should do one yeah i guess so the kiln gods are speaking to me they, they've got all kinds of shit now they got like platinum luster and like silver yeah. they, they have rose gold luster and i'm like they got rose gold luster like <laughs> <laughs> do you have any do you have any shows that you're looking at applying to I, I don't usually apply. I think the only one I've ever applied to is my first show at Companion. All the other ones have been invitationals. Oh, um, nice. Hell yeah. 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 I feel good about that. Yeah, um, that's, been, that's a good ass feeling. I've been out of it long enough that I think people aren't like, don't have me on their short list. Oh, I think you've frozen or I'm frozen. Oh, no. Cool, cool. Okay. Dante, are you back? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. You were just frozen, weren't you? You were yeah, just <laughs> Oh my god. Get your baited. Sorry. I saw the opportunity. I'm over here. Panicking. I saw her freeze and I was like, this is it. I can do the thing. <laughs> For our dear listeners who don't know why we're cursing out Dante right now, we had a, a minor blip in the feed and then Dante just froze. Um, to make it look like his feed was also frozen. Meanwhile, I'm panicking over here, thinking uh -oh. that we're going to have to restart some shit. And, oh, my God. Anyway, 
but no it it i think the nice thing about shows like kind of like what you're saying is especially when it comes to shipping like knowing that they're going to take care of that they have a reach to that audience that is going to have or is going to be more likely to like drop the kind of money on a sculpture that would need to be done and it's like i think at least there can be ways to sort of this isn't quite the right terminology but i think there can be ways to like train your audience to recognize that like okay this is this is a sculpture this is going to be worth a lot more and like it may not reach most of your audience but i think that i don't know i i'm i'm basically just repeating what other people have told me but it's like if you if you're trying to make a shift in your style and then the kind of work that you're making eventually if you kind of keep keep like leaning into the kind of style that you want to make the folks who aren't into that are going to drop off but you might be gaining new people who are into that like new thing who may not have followed you before it's just like yeah i can't imagine what an arduous process that would be (laughs) my people-pleasing tendencies could never yeah and (laughs) that's totally fair that's totally fair the thing right because like i I, I totally get the shift of like, yeah, the people who don't like you anymore are just going to stop following you. And that's right. okay. That's totally okay. But when I see that follower count drop, I'm like, I'm doing something wrong, right? Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. yeah, and it doesn't feel like it's just like, oh, the shift in my style. They just don't like it anymore. Like, mm. totally reasonable things. As a consumer, I do it all the time, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. As a creator, I'm like, no, I can't. I need to... I need to make the art that everyone wants to see from me and I need to make them happy, you know? Oh, God. Uh, right. like, to my audience's credit, everyone is so wonderful. Like, the people who follow me are so, so lovely. And, like, no one has ever, I've never gotten the, like, you charge too much, or, you know? And, oh, like, that's good. I, I think I charge an exorbitant amount. Like, I think I charge <laughs> more than I need to. I think it's way higher than it should be. And, like, that was the thing that I just could not get over. And, like, all my friends, you know, are just like, you need to get over your shit because, like, people are paying for it. This is how much it's worth. You spend so much time. Like, this is how much it's worth. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I just couldn't, like, it's just... But th- nobody has ever, like, called me out for it or anything or just, yeah. like, grief about it. Um, yeah. Because from your point of view, it's like, we're making cups with, like, faces on them or I'm making cups like symbols on them and you're like as the artist you're like I wouldn't I would not pay this much for this right okay no I feel like, bad as the artist that. you're like I would not yeah. pay 50 to 60 bucks for like a smiley face on a cup that's crap. but they're like no I like that please keep doing that I like it I'll pay yeah. you 70 bucks you know and I get it yeah, I'm like whoa whoa oh I argue God. with Lindsay all the time I'm like I want to drop my price and she's like no yeah, I know Didn't you develop a glaze yesterday and I'm like it's I can't get I don't it's not that pretty when we get to this point like where you guys are and where i was we're like we're just cranking this workout because we're doing it all the time like of course we're getting faster and we're getting faster about it and more efficient and we're like okay well it's taking less time so i have to drop my prices right right and it's, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no you fucking should not like, yeah no <laughs> absolutely not it's funny because i generally my approach with pricing is much more like if they're if they're gonna pay for it like if if i set a price and they're paying for it okay then that's a good price you know, once it kind of stops off a little bit, I'm like, mm, okay, I might be reaching like the limit for now of like what I can charge, right? And again, this is dependent on like who your audience is, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, like I remember having this conversation with my mom because I love her and she's amazing and she's always like a good sounding board for business stuff. And um, I was like, yeah, no, like my, my, this is before I had raised my prices, but I was like, no, my work isn't isn't a $70 mug. It's a, it's a Stein with like a square shaped, you know, stamp print on it. And meanwhile, I'm comparing myself to people like, 
Oh, geez, of course. Now I'm spacing on their names. So anyway, I'm, I'm comparing myself to the like the kinds of artists who sell and companion gallery. And I'm like, my work is not worth that much. But, you know, my now it's like the more that I have, you know, the more time has passed, the longer I've been doing this. As I've inched up my price, my prices closer to where I thought that ceiling was, I'm like, okay, no, like I actually, in my perspective, at least what you're paying for is not obviously not just the thing itself and that's where it gets tricky because you're kind of paying for the artist's personality their whole education their whole you know time that it took them to develop it to be able to make it that fast but it is also i think it takes a level of um just capitalism to be like yes i yeah but again we live we're we're all trying to survive this late stage capitalist nightmare and if we want to do that we need money so i don't know that's kind of where my perspective is on it Maybe it's a little easier for me because I'm like, oh, if I don't charge this, I literally won't be able to pay my rent because this is all where my income is coming from. I also yeah. don't, I don't, I don't want to make it about money, but like my overlords have made it about money. So now it's about, <laughs> money. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really wish I could make a pot and sell it for the price that I want it to be and still be able to work like a nine to five job mm. and have this be my hobby and have all my needs. Like my baby still has enough food. And my car's paid up, but like that's not the way the economy works anymore. No, <laughs> They've been uh -huh. so like now I am forced to do a little bit of price raising, which I don't want to do. I don't like raising my price. It's not fun for me. I don't wake up in the morning like oh I'm gonna raise my price. This is a good day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wake up in the morning and go well, I want people to enjoy my beautiful work that I put so much effort into. I want them to have it in their hands to have that person that like experience. You know, I want I want them to feel what I craft. And I want it to impact their lives, whether it be minuscule or, or larger. Yeah. But like nowhere in that process is my brain like, ah, I hope I get all their money too. Like <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's just I, I don't want to make it about money, but the economy has made it about money. So I now have to play the game that I'm an unwilling participant in. Mm -hmm. And that's that's my real struggle, you know? Yeah, I would love nothing more than like my favorite thing is the people who are like, I got, I bought your thing and I just like put it on my desk. I see it every day and it makes me smile, you know, yeah. like I would love that for everyone. If I could just give you a buddy, you know, yep. to look at and smile every day. I would love that. You know, I would love yeah. to just give you free. And like, if you were in the studio with me in college, like I was constantly giving shit away that like, yeah. you know, that I didn't want or wasn't going to sell or like made too many of, I'm just constantly giving that shit away. Like I don't yeah. want large exorbitant prices, but like, if it's how you're making your living, then that's, that's how it is. You know, it's not about us wanting your money. It's about us wanting to fucking survive. And like, I, I don't know where, where you're based, Dante, but like, I know you're in you're in California, right, Lindsay? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Sacramento. Yeah, we're both we're both. Yeah, Lindsay lives like six miles from me. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> you know, we're next to each other right now, and I just can't tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in the Bay Area, and like, I was doing this like in the Bay Area, like in the heart of Silicon Valley. Oh my God. Like, I wasn't gonna make it if I wasn't charging like you know yeah pretty ridiculous shit like yeah, yeah. how much did you charge for your for your cups if, um, I mean again if you don't mind me asking yeah no of course um you probably find it if you went to my shop <laughs> um, oh yeah <laughs> yeah but um I think like a pretty basic mug like anywhere from like 70 mm -hmm. to 90 and then like nice. something that I actually like put the time into paint like easily two hundred dollars yeah Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that makes sense though. Fuck. You know, this is this is actually really helpful because I just recently made a bunch of dragon egg mugs that are gonna be uh for sale at Zack Anime. And I've been like hemming and hawing about the prices and I'm like, yeah, I need to I whatever need to it is, raise it twenty percent right now. I don't okay. whatever it is, just raise okay. it. Okay. All right. 
Thanks, bro. Expensive mugs are like sixty bucks. If I'm like, I really like this mug, sixty bucks on my website. Evie, um, help me convince this this misguided person. Lizzie's been trying to get me to raise my. I actually just lowered my prices. To, and then when I go to a table, I'm like, well, I'm not paying for shipping, and I don't have to pay the packing, and I don't have to pay the stamp price. So like, that's ten dollars off the. You know what I mean? Like, I lower the price because I'm like, I'm giving it to you in person. For no. shame. For no, shame. you gotta you gotta upcharge for convention because you gotta bring it all there. That's fair. Yeah. It is hard to lift stuff to a convention. And that shit fragile. So like yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, that shit is fragile. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Fragile yeah. For context, like when I did companion, I did a show, I four mugs. Each of those mugs was like a hand painted one off. Each one was two hundred dollars and they all sold instantly. Hell yeah. Four mugs? Four mugs, yeah. Yeah. God but damn. how much how much did companion take Canyon took it was like 50 percent. it was like pretty high okay but yeah yeah stuff is always like that they're gonna charge for the space and the time and the mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like that that's yeah. what it is but like if it had been on my shop i would not have charged less you know yeah, yeah. hell yeah yeah the pricing for galleries is like is a tricky one that's kind of part of the reason i never did or i don't do wholesale very often because yeah. it's just not worth it for me to like yeah anyway i can sell direct to people but anyway that's a that's kind of a different yeah, conversation I but... get some inquiries about wholesale and honestly i think it'd be so fun to like have my stuff in a shop front i was just in la this weekend i was at nucleus and there were like there, there wasn't ceramics there but there are all these artists i follow who like have their prints there and have their, oh, pins cool. and their stuff and i'm like wow it'd be so cool to be in a space like this and to sell my work and like get that exposure but like you're, you're sacrificing like easily 20 30 if not more percentage of the stuff you're yeah. making yeah yeah if not more i mean like i think most of the i think the lowest percentage that i've ever received on consignment was a uh like was like they took like 40 percent yikes you know yeah the lowest, that's the lowest rate i've gotten the lowest i've ever gotten something like cut off the top was 20 percent, but that was like mm. i think galleries during covid were, were just lowering their the rates a lot because they yeah. weren't doing like open sh shows or anything Mm -hmm. uh, just hosting all this stuff online and that's kind of what i was used to because that's when i started doing gallery stuff was like around that time and so now i'm like rude awakening everything's like 40 50 percent off the top <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah it's i have tough. kind of a bone to pick with a lot of galleries because like like it's seen in the in the public eye or at least the previous generation to be very prestigious to be in a gallery mm -hmm. but simultaneously i'm getting nowhere near the amount of foot traffic as i get for a simple post on a gallery and on top of that they're charging me like anywhere from 20 to 50% on sale. And on top of that, even when I give them something that I'm like, I want this to sell. So I'm gonna make it like a hundred bucks. They throw a fuss about like, that's not enough because we don't get enough from that. And then I'm like, bro, I could make an Instagram post and blow you out the water right now. Will you please just take this? <laughs> Will you please just so, and then the other part of it, and I know I'm, I'm ranting a little bit, but the other part of it is that I go to my own art show and it's nothing but like, sometimes it's like really snobby people <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like, I don't know, it's a whole different culture from the maker versus the people who who are part of the culture who like to go to art shows yeah so like on top of the fact that i don't get a lot of exposure on top of the fact that they don't sell for a lot and they take a commission i'm getting less traffic i just don't like the culture that comes along with it realistically and the shop also wants me to raise my prices just because they want more money out of the bag and i'm just trying to like get it out of here so i can make better stuff because I have stuff sitting here that's like three years old that I I'm done. Like I want to experiment more, you know. But mm -hmm. like it's it's so much of a hassle when I could just make a YouTube video and ship <laughs> it to you. That Let me make the dragon nut and sell it for a hundred bucks, please. Like you know. Yeah. 
Make them dragon nuts. <laughs> dragon nuts. Dragon yeah. nuts. This is our sponsor, Bad Dragon. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of that. My oh, entire yeah. life. Never. I don't no, know what it's... that is. I've never. <laughs> I know. I'm so... Sorry, Evie. <laughs> There's people listening to this right now who are like, why are they laughing so hard? Just 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 put your Google on incognito mode and search Bad Dragon. No, don't first of all, don't search it. Second of all, I'm sorry that you only do it in missionary if you don't know what I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And this episode's now explicit. Yeah. For those of you who are busted up right now, you're welcome. You're, you're welcome. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, that actually reminds me of a uh much more toned down question for you, Evie, but um, I promise it's not about Bad Dragon. But I was curious, since you went to UC Santa Cruz, like, and you you were working and developing your art within a kind of an academic context, did you ever run into that dynamic of anti-industry, anti-capitalism thing? Because I got my degree specifically in art and you were in the video game department, which is more like industry focused. So was that something you dealt with at all? Or were you kind of away from that? picture i feel like it's everywhere in, in santa cruz especially you know uh, <laughs> you know uh, yeah, yeah, santa yeah. Cruz, but let's be honest it's a bit hippy dippy right yeah like, yeah, yeah there's definitely like an attitude about art and like capitalism and like where that stuff fits that you know is there mm -hmm. um but i think the people i was around in the ceramic studio like one of my best friends santa cruz ceramic shout out go follow um, Hell yeah. yeah my friend jordan uh at the co-op is very much like he's a hustler he's got like four different businesses that he's running right now oh, he's wow. like very successful in all of them and you know he was very much like encouraging me like you should make money off this like this is something that you should do and like it's okay to, to do this you know and like mm -hmm. yeah there's obviously the understanding like this is like the capitalist agenda or whatever but like like dante was saying earlier like we're just forced to play this game you know like, yeah yeah i don't want to play this game but they forced me to like I, yeah, yeah. that's okay you know and like um as far as like with the academic stuff like in my undergrad in games like definitely wasn't there like we were basically in the stem program um, oh, okay i did the um i was actually in the computer science side because there were two majors the, the art and the computer science game design programs mm. and the art one was really new it, it happened like after i had already declared for for the regular one oh, okay um and so there's definitely just the side of like the people here are like i don't I don't want to be rude. I love the game design program. Everyone in it is wonderful. Um, but like the people in it are definitely like one step away from like STEM, corporate STEM, like, you know, oh like, yeah, yeah. Code, but I'm fun. So I do games like, you know, like, right, right. <laughs> and the, the, there's a definitely like nobody in that program was like, yeah, I'm doing this so that I can like not get a job and like not, you know, support myself doing this at some point. Um, yeah. Grad school was a little different. Um, my grad school program was like an MFA program that was very much like gallery and like high art and like contemporary hmm. art and like really just like weird. And oh. like, oh, yeah, because it was digital art to do media. Yeah. Program. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 And I mean, that, that's a whole mess in and of itself. The program is like kind of a, a shit show. Coming <laughs> up. As many grad programs are, <laughs> but there's definitely this like sense of like, we're here to do the art. It's about the art. Like nobody was in it to make money, you know, like nobody's in it to like for their job necessarily. Like people were there to like, just, just for the chance to like do art and like make huh. real, like a space that they could get funding to do it. Yeah. And that was, um, but I don't, I don't feel like there was ever this, like this voice telling me like, you shouldn't make art for money. You know, I, I think mm -hmm. that 
if any, if I was making art for money, people were going to congratulate me about it, you know, like, congrats, you did it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, it was definitely there. I definitely think that it was probably more there in the undergraduate arts. If you, Like, I don't know if that was your experience in, in your mm. studio. Um, yeah, yeah, I struggle daily to navigate what that experience was like at Santa Cruz. And again, listeners have heard me say this probably too many times. It is the one soapbox that gets a lot of uh, foot traffic from me, I'll say. I learned a lot through the program at Santa Cruz. Like, I think I learned so much more about the art world that I don't think I would have gotten if I had not gone through that program or if I had gone through a program with a different focus. I learned how to write about my art. I learned how to think about my art in a more deep way I guess and not like as in like not as in like a false like air humanity kind of yeah. but like a like a genuinely like why do I do this and I think I think that's important for artists to kind of be able to answer that question for themselves because and and then communicate that because I think that helps us connect with our audience both on an emotional level and on a capitalist level because if people feel like they know you they're more likely to buy your stuff <laughs> so weird saying this stuff out loud sometimes um it is weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little weird. But yeah, but at a, like, I remember hearing a story about someone who had wanted to go to Santa Cruz and they were interested in illustration, like for, for doing like children's book and such. And the person that they were talking to in this, in like the admissions department, and again, this is anecdotal, so, you know, who knows, but the person in the admissions department was basically like, yeah, we don't do illustration here. We do like art. And it was like, wow, all right, cool. So if you like want to make a make a living in the arts, like Santa Cruz isn't for you, like really. And again, maybe it maybe it's changed since then. And again, I I appreciate I appreciate the education that I received, and I I understand why they had that approach. But I think a more candid discussion of what it actually means to have a business in the arts that should be an integral part of the program as well. So. Um, yeah, I love, I love like hearing what people's experiences. Yeah, I, I will say like, I've been asked by lots of different people, like what I recommend UCSC as the school to go to for games, for, for grad program, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I always tell them like, I think that you'll get something out of it and you can get whatever you want to get out of it. If you go into it, knowing that's what you want, you know, yeah, it, yeah. build your own free, like you, you can find whatever you need to find there. But it's not, a pro none of the programs I think are geared towards industry in any mm -hmm. field yeah, really even in the video game design one yeah i mean i think this is true across a lot of video game uh programs but i think the number of like the percentage of graduates out of our program who get a job in industry is something like 10 percent. like oh my god crazy. most of the people do not go on to work in games because yeah. it's not it's not a program that is really geared towards getting you a job in games like you don't come out of it with like a really thorough in-depth portfolio and in part that's mm -hmm. because so new and it's figuring its shit out but i think it's also because like it, the focus is different the focus is on making like weird experimental artistic things mm -hmm. and like the boundaries of what games can be which i loved you know i i it, it gave me a really awesome opportunity to experiment with that stuff it's not something that i you're going to find in industry very much um mm -hmm. but like I'll, you know if if you're trying to go to college just to get a job i wouldn't know I, you know i wouldn't recommend going here yeah that's fair that's, that's okay you know it, it's a research university you're gonna get what you what you get you know yeah i only been there once and i went there because uh my wife was going there and like wait abel is a is a banana slug yes yes I she actually, 
I think she either graduated from there or she was for like the most of her degree. But mm -hmm. uh, I went over, we were, we were dating like on and off and I went there. I just drove like nine hours up there to go see her. And the, the second that I got there, I was like, wow. So everybody here smokes weed. I see. <laughs> yeah. So everybody. And then I, I talked to a couple of the people going there and they're like, yeah, man, I'm here for like hydroponics. And I'm like, you're learning how to grow weed. I see. <laughs> I get it. Oh yeah. My God, that's when everyone you talk to is either ecology and evolutionary biology or they're like agriculture and you're like, okay, I see you. Yeah. I see. I yeah. Get it. yeah. You have a tie-dye Bob Marley shirt on and you want to ask for a lighter. I understand. I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm just going to say, like, I ran a pottery studio in Santa Cruz for five years. When people ask me, like, how much of this story were you in college? I'm like, I ran a pottery studio in Santa Cruz for five years. People would bribe me yeah. with weed. Like, I got so much weed. Like, I, yeah. like, yeah. Accidentally broke your bowl, Evie. Here's a jar of weed. Oh, can you get my piece into the kiln next time? Here's a jar of weed. Like, oh, yeah. I love that. Kiln space. Oh, yeah. Everybody's you know wearing hemp pants and like people who like don't usually look like they should have dread have dreadlocks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah I, love, Cruz, I love Santa Cruz, but it is what it is. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody kind of also look like unless I was in the college, because I went around the surrounding towns. Everybody kind of looked like they were a bit related, and I was worried about that. <laughs> and not in, not in a facial feature way, like in a like you all kind of dress like a the cultural, same. cultural yeah, sibling. The, the culture was, I think, where you and I, uh, and to, to you definitely, you're you've experienced it as well. Is like we're super spoiled because we live in Sacramento, which is like the interracial yeah, marriage capital of the world, and we have like seventy, and like it's not like oh we have eighty percent. It's like Utah, we have like eight mostly white people, and like there's yeah the other culture is over there in the south side of town. It's like we have food made by the people in which the culture originated the food from here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But when I went to Santa Cruz, I was like, damn, your guys' Chinese food sucks. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Do not get me started. I, so I didn't know there was an Asian market in Santa Cruz. I'm not sure I would have gone there. Like, <laughs> Yeah. We have like an SF market down the street from where I live. And I was like, you guys don't have that in Santa Cruz? They're like, no, what the hell is that? And I'm like, damn. I remember one of my friends who went to Santa Cruz with me is from like Loomis, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, like put your white face on before you go. But yeah. like, <laughs> and she was like, oh yeah, it's just so diverse here. And I'm like, I don't remember the last time I saw a black person. Like, yeah. like actually, like, I don't remember the last time I saw an Indian person. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's definitely more diverse than Loomis, but like, it's not, not much, you know? No, no. I remember it being super weird like you know i was i went to school at makachi high school and you know it was a very diverse school so it was super weird going to santa cruz and again like i'm white so obviously my experience is different there but it was definitely like oh yeah like everybody looks like me except yeah. for the people who are at oaks and then and then it was just like or or god what was it like yeah anyway i i mean santa cruz had its own whole yeah at least from again from what i could observe like this a weird like not housing segregation, but also kind of housing segregation oh, yeah. within like the different colleges. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that actually, okay. So that, I, that makes me curious. And again, if, if this is like too personal of a question, like, you know, just, just let me know if you don't want to talk about it, but like, do you ever feel like people have tried to, again, you know, pigeonhole you based on your ethnicity? Like, has that played a role in how you've interacted with either the academic world or the art world? That's a very good question. Um, like, yes and no. Like, I think that part of, like, I make really cute, weird little guys, you know? Like, mm -hmm. my loud is very cute. And, like, that 
fits what you would think when you look at me you're like that's the kind of art you'd make right like she's oh. a little girl right like <laughs> makes like weird little creatures like and like I, I do wonder how much it plays into it like I don't know if it's been explicitly pointed out to me and I don't know if I've ever been told like you can't make that because you're not white or you're like no. because you're Asian, you can't make that kind of art you know but like I do think that like the aesthetic that has gotten popular for my work and like I, I think I make a lot of like in my personal work and like stuff before I got really big on in you know doing with monster I make really diverse work like across mm -hmm. many different mediums and it I, I it's not lost on me that what got famous is like you know the stuff that you might find from like a small Asian girl right like, oh yeah <laughs> oh, yeah like thing yeah. yeah like I don't know if I would have done as well like if we'd switched art you know you and me if I was making like a bunch of D&D &D art and you're making a bunch of like little creatures like I don't know if it would do as well oh man yeah, I feel oh, like, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, you know, I don't want to be like the D and D scene is like a bunch of white people. No, no. I mean, it's definitely a bunch it of is, white right? people. Like, like yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. yeah like, it's, it's getting it, it is. it's getting better, but it's definitely a bunch of white people. And like, yeah. And I, I also, I'll sometimes run into this a little bit less so since I've kind of like because I used I used to present much more like feminine in general. But since I've kind of leaned away from that, I get this a little bit less. But sometimes people will like look at me and then like look at like the creature sculptures that I make and they're go and they'll go like that came out of you but you're so yeah. bubbly you know this thing looks like it's gonna eat your face and I'm like I no I love your creature art I thank love you that. I want to do more of it I want to do I more want you to make more of it it's some of my favorite stuff that you make like god yeah no me me too that's the when I work whenever I fantasize about getting a state job it's thinking about being able to make sculptures full-time or not full-time but like full-time outside of like a state yeah. job but yeah yeah anyway so like so Dante I know you've had some interesting experiences too with people like looking at you and looking at your art and uh, being like I mean the, there's multiple levels to it and I've I've gotten uh, I guess chided for this before where like I'll say like yeah the most of the art world's not only buyers but practitioners especially in the pottery sector are usually like middle-aged usually Caucasian and usually female but I, I don't say that because like I'm trying to put anyone down or trying to be like, oh, those dang white people, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm saying that because historically speaking, the disenfranchised have been the people who haven't had the space, the time, the land, the money, uh, the equipment to express themselves in an artistic fashion. Mm -hmm. So like just from the trickle down of history, you haven't had a lot of people who have the ability to express themselves in ceramics or spend three G's on a kiln because their yeah. ancestors didn't pass them down like a plot of land or, you know what I mean? And I know it's difficult to say because everyone feels like they have their own struggles, but like we have our personal struggles. And then we have like the historical struggles that our families have gone through as for the current yeah. of history has taken us. It's and, almost like, as though white privilege is a thing. Yeah, it's almost at the end. So it's, it's not like... <laughs> It's not okay. like I'm saying this thing because I'm like, yeah, for some reason, the white old ladies just decided to do pottery. It's like, well, there's there's a historical reason as to why they fell into the sector. And so when when someone sees me and they go like, oh, you made that, their immediate thought is like, you're not a woman. You, you, why are you doing the art? You're not a whammon. <laughs> you know, and then they see my curly hair and they're like, you, are you Cuban? And they see my... They see my white skin and they're like, are you Spanish? Because you have curly hair and white skin. And I sometimes that happens. And, you know, like, like, I get that I'm not the exact demographic of, of like, person who does ceramic artwork because they have, like, the time, the space, 
the money, uh, the availability to the equipment, the the place for the support system, especially because like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or you're someone who has been, um, or if you're someone who's part of a group that has been economically and historically disenfranchised by uh, another top social group of people, mm -hmm. you're probably not the kind of person who's not like the chances of you living to paycheck to paycheck are much more than like Stacy or you know you know what I mean. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to be nice about it. But just historically and factually speaking, that's what it is. So what? So when someone, wherever you Steve, are, yeah, whoever, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. It doesn't really matter what just, your name is. I just but. gotta say though, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Yo, Stacy's. You know, like when I was younger, I used to be like Stacy, and then I reached twenty, and I was like, Stacy doesn't know what to do with it. I don't think. Uh. <laughs> but Stacy's mom has got it going on. She's you know, all I want. And I've yeah. waited for so long. That's so interesting that you say that, that you bring up that song, because that song has such strong associations with ceramics to me. Because really? I used to, I, when in the studio, I used to like put my music on. And that was always the song that would get the whole studio going, you know? <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's great. I will say just because of the, the majority culture that I've been raised in before I got this suburban hellscape, is like, I cannot, I can't, I can't play like, and this is a very, this is even a very like light example. I can't play Drake in a studio. They will not accept it. They're mm. like, oh, right. Like rap music is almost exclusive. Unless it's in your own headphones, it's exclusively not accepted in like a studio space. Oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a ceramic art teacher now. I teach the intermediate classes. It's like, I'm like, there's no way I can play Drake in here. And they would, you know, maybe Michael Buble, oh, maybe, maybe Adele, maybe some Imagine Dragons they go for. Oh, oh my God. God. Imagine Dragons me. Ooh, yeah, ooh. but they don't want to listen to like immortal technique. They don't, they don't want to <laughs> listen to that, you know? I, I mean, Santa Cruz was weird because you got a lot of, we were right next to the radio station also. So you got a yeah. lot of people coming in thinking they knew a lot about, like, you know, there's that, there's a vibe there. Like you're kind of weird then you listen to weird music. So you think you're really cool. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Not to insult anyone. Somebody came in and they were like, can you play some music? And then he stopped and said, oh wait, your music sucks. I'm gonna play my music. And you know, what? you know what he put on? He put on a Gregorian chanting. Like, I'm not even joking you. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like the kind of guy who reads books in public just so that he needs oh everyone God. to know he reads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I couldn't, I can't even make that shit up. Like, oh my God. Oh you should turn to him and be like, yo, this fucking slaps, my guy. That's wow. Thanks That's for the ball battle music. <laughs> I mean, like not even, not even ironically, like my, it's funny, my, my stepsister one time when she worked at a coffee shop, it, it was in like a college town, I'm forgetting exactly where it was, but she, she had control of the music since she was the barista and uh, she put on a Spotify playlist of farm animal sounds. That's so Damn. Great. Yeah. But that was like, like she was, she was, she was fucking about, like she was definitely like. Playing, but legitimately putting on Gregorian chants because quote your music sucks. I'm gonna put on mine. Whew. Whew. Like it's, it's too mainstream, so it's bad. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Well, we are we are coming up on about an hour, and yeah. I want to make sure that we you know have covered everything that you've kind of wanted to talk about. So is there? You know, Evie, is there, are there any questions that you were hoping that we'd ask that we didn't? Or is there any, like, kind of, I don't know, closing statement that yeah. you want to, that you want to have? Or anything you want to get off your back right now? 
Uh, no, I, there's nothing I think that that I came here thinking that you guys would ask me. I think we've covered it all. I got a big okay, question. Okay, yeah, yeah, go for okay. it, go for it. I'm gonna steal Lindsay's question from a long time ago. If you had like unlimited money for your art, what well, what would you? You know what I mean? Like if you could buy like a 200 foot salt fire kiln, like what's the dream for you? If you had unlimited money, resources, land for your artwork, I think. See, I want to say like I would make giant guys like a la like like the you know those those like guys in Oregon those like massive trolls like under the bridges and stuff oh yes 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 I would just yes. make these like massive maybe not even that big like people size and I would just drop them all over the place to, for people to find and that was like my dream in Santa Cruz because you know, it's like the perfect place for it you know yes like, yes like, it's in the middle of nowhere and like the, there are already so many like weird little easter eggs in the woods to find yeah. but like, yeah. I just never got my shit together and honestly transporting ceramics is so hard Yes. yes it is like, our kiln was like pretty big but not not big enough i think for, for the kind of shit that i wanted to do but that i think that's what i would do i would just make these things i, I don't know if i'd even post about making them i would just drop them and i would leave like weird cryptic things on my instagram like no like no description posts just like you know oh. like maybe like a hint about where it is i'd love like arg shit you know like yeah yeah giant like find me quests out in the middle of nowhere like i, I love that shit oh my I god i want that so hard too like i want to like when i die i want to make a bunch of pots that you have to break open to find little clues to find my burial sites find like my ultimate glaze recipe you know what i mean oh, I, love that. Just to the public. I want that for you so bad with my hand and a, like my hands like crushing a bottle as i'm dying and the rest of my body is skeleton and a little <laughs> note in there just says like how to make a cone six oxidation red <laughs> without, like, without, oh without reduction yeah you oh gotta get that, that cone 10 pink is like the cone 10 reduction pink that, that'll be what it is oh my god i love that it's been so much fun chatting with you yeah, like so much for having me guys it's been such a pleasure oh my god yeah well tell us tell us where people can can find your work and uh find me on instagram at budmonsterclayworks and you can check out my shop at budmonsterclayworks.com which is just going to forward to a different address because i refuse to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> yes um, but yeah find me on there the links to everything are in my instagram bio cool fantastic beans. thank you for talking with us yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yay, okay. Bye. <laughs> and that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Mud Peddlers. We would love to hear from you. So if you want to share your thoughts about the episodes or just see what Dante and I are working on in our studios, come say hi. You can find links to my social media at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N dot com. And you can visit my pottery shop or see what I'm working on at earthnationceramics.com. And you can find me all over social media at earthnationceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled. And if you want to support the show, hear some bonus episodes, and see some behind the scenes of my work, you can support me and the show at patreon.com slash Dylan. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>